What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. up, everyone, and welcome back to the Epstein Chronicles. At this point, the jury has deliberated for 24 hours and 40 minutes, and we have not yet had a verdict returned. Now, the cynic in me says, oh boy, that spells trouble for the prosecution. But in reality, it is probably just the fact that the jury is being as cautious as possible with the evidence. Going through everything, trying to make sure they don't miss anything, and hopefully getting to a point where they're almost ready to return a verdict. I know we all wanted a quick you know, slam the door kind of verdict. But the reality is nothing as far as Ghislaine Maxwell or Jeffrey Epstein is concerned is ever cut and dry. Nothing is ever door slammed shut and moving on. It is always a song and a dance. There's always a hiccup. And there's certainly always some roadblocks. And this is no different. There was no way that this was going to be a, uh, a cut and dry, you know, verdict right back the next day. That's just not how any of this trial or any of this case has proceeded. So now what the judge has done is she has told the jury that they're going to have to start staying an extra hour each day until they hammer out a verdict. So that gives the jury an extra hour to, you know, try and uh, come up with a uh, decision one way or the other, but my guess is that uh, that we're dealing with a holdout or two within that jury room, and they probably need more evidence. They want to see more to be convinced. That would be my guess. I don't know what else could be holding up the proceedings at, uh, like this, but usually... When you have something like this as far as an issue in the juror's room, them not being able to come up with a verdict, there's usually somebody who needs more convincing. So my guess is that's what's going on here with all of this uh, extra request for notes and transcripts and all of that stuff. They're just trying to be very thorough. So we'll have to see what they come up with in the next day or two or three or whatever, however long it's going to take them at this point. But you would think that they're starting to get close to a point where it's almost verdict time. So this morning, we have an article from the DailyMail.com, and the author of this article is Caleb Brantley. Headline. 
Glenn Maxwell jurors begin their fifth day of deliberations after judge urges them to stay an hour later until they reach a verdict in the case. And defense objects to asking the jury to hurry it up. And honestly, as much as I've been critical of Glenn Maxwell and her defense, I'd feel the same way. I wouldn't want the jury to be rushed if I was the defense. Let them take their time. Let them have another day. That's what I'd be saying as the defense. So I could definitely see Maxwell's team here getting a little bit uh, upset, feeling like the jury might be being rushed or whatever. Will this finally be judgment day for Ghislaine Maxwell? The jury in her federal sex trafficking case begins its fifth day of deliberations after failing to reach a verdict on Monday when it requested a transcript of testimony of the ex-boyfriend of one of the survivors and the definition of enticement, one of the charges related to that victim. The jury has now deliberated for 24 hours and 40 minutes or just over three working days. So they asked for the testimony here because they're trying to corroborate what was said. They're trying to make sure that the survivor, her story matches up with what the other witness was told. That's what the jurors are trying to get in line here. You know, make sure everything's on the up and up, make sure they didn't miss anything, and make sure they have all of the pertinent information that is available to them. But like last week, this will be a short week for the proceedings. Because of the New Year holiday, the jury will deliberate today and Wednesday, and if they don't reach a verdict, we'll take a break until Monday. Boy, there sure are a lot of breaks going on in this case, huh? What are we looking at now, the third break? We had a three-dayer, had the holiday break, now we need a New Year's break. I mean, we're going to need a break from the break soon. I'll tell you what... every job I've ever had, there's been no breaks for me when it comes to the holidays. Certainly not when there's a huge project to work on. But once again, really what it comes down to, and I'll say this until the cows come home, the whole entire scheduling process here has been straight doo-doo from the jump. When this trial was supposed to originally kick off, On July 12th, that was the perfect time to do this. There were no holidays, perfect weather, there was no surge of COVID. But no, they had to get it delayed. They had to move it all the way back to the holidays. They had no idea this is their first rodeo. This is the first they're uh, figuring out that there's going to be a bunch of hiccups because of the holidays. The federal government is absolutely useless. I know, I know, a lot of you out there are big-time fans of your boy Biden or big-time fans of Trump or whatever it may be, but breaking news, they are inept. The whole entire federal government is inept. On Monday, in a surprise move, Judge Allison Nathan urged the jurors to stay an hour later each day. Sessions will now end at 6 p.m. instead of promptly at 5 Maxwell's lawyer, Laura Menninger, had argued that giving the jury such an instruction was beginning to seem like urging them to hurry up. Prosecutor Allison Moe said that it was within the court's discretion to ask the jury to stay longer. Judge Nathan initially told Menninger, I have the discretion to set the schedule and I can do it over your objection. She later said she would add the qualifier to the jury that they should take all the time that they needed. 
I mean, that goes without saying, but I could see the point that Menninger is making here. I certainly wouldn't want it to seem like my uh, client's fate is being rushed because of a holiday scheduling uh, issue. Again, this whole entire logistical planning of this uh, trial has been trash from Jump Street. This should have never been a trial like this in the middle of the holidays. There was also intense legal debate around a note from the jury, which asked whether or not they could convict Maxwell on one of the counts related to Jane if they thought Maxwell aided in arranging her flight home from New Mexico. Prosecutors wanted to refer the jury to their instructions, while Maxwell's lawyers argued that the answer should be no. Judge Nathan said that the note was ambiguous and told the court, I don't know what the question means. It's too difficult to parse factually and legally. She referred the relevant part of the instructions she had read out before they began their deliberations. So as the jury seeking some more clarification, Judge Nathan, well, she can't be bothered to, to provide that, can she? I mean, how, I mean, it's too difficult to parse factually and legally. So just refer to the instructions that she read out before they began their deliberations. I know if I was a juror, I'd be like, what the fuck does that even mean? But here we are, another day in the mini fiefdom of another judge in America. Earlier in the afternoon, the jury sent notes asking for transcripts of testimony from Epstein's former pilot, David Rogers, and Gregory Parkinson, the former Palm Beach police officer who recorded the video of the raid on Epstein's house in 2005. So we know that uh, Dave Rogers was a huge part of Jeffrey Epstein's machine. The first pilot hired, top-notch flyboy, flying Epstein and his buddies all over the place, you know, the whole nine. So David Rogers, his testimony was uh, pretty important. It put people in places, put people in the company of Epstein and Maxwell, and all of that stuff. So his uh, testimony provided a lot of corroboration for the assertions made by the prosecution. The jury had also asked for a, trans a transcript of the testimony from one accuser's boyfriend and stationary supplies as they began their fourth day of deliberations. An hour and a half after starting on Monday, the jury sent a note asking for different colored post-it notes, a white paper board, and highlighters in different colors. So for those of you who have worked in an office environment, you know that post-it notes are a huge uh, key to making sure everything runs correctly. I can't tell you how many times I would leave post-it notes for my assistants or my supervisors uh, when I managed the sports book. I would use those post-it, they'd be all over the place. So I could see why the jury would want to use them as well. It really helps keep things in order, no doubt about it. The jury also asked for the testimony of Matt, the boyfriend of the accuser Jane, who corroborated her account of being recruited and abused by Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, aged 14. They requested a definition of enticement. One of the two charges that relate to Jane include Maxwell enticing her to be sexually abused by Epstein. And these are important little things, right? Little bits of detail. The enticement, 
the actual traveling portion of it, the moving the girls across state lines for the express purposes of being sexually abused. These are the things that are really going to provide jeopardy for Ghislaine Maxwell here, in my opinion. I think that Ghislaine Maxwell is really going to feel the heat from these enticement charges, the grooming charges. Um, and with the testimony we have heard already, I think it's going to be very hard for the jury not to take that stuff into account. After taking questions from Maxwell's lawyers and the prosecution, Judge Allison Nathan directed the jury to two parts of the jury instructions for a definition of enticement. She gave them the additional instruction that could mean attracting, inducing, or luring using hope or desire. And that's exactly what Maxwell was doing, isn't it? She used their hopes, the girls' hopes, their desires, their wants, their dreams, hell, their needs against them. She promised them everything. She promised them modeling jobs. She promised them jobs as masseuses, that Jeffrey Epstein was a great benefactor. He was going to take care of them. He'd pay for school, all of that stuff. And in reality, all she was doing was normalizing the abuse, normalizing the fact that Jeffrey Epstein was an abuser. And if they just kept on keeping on, that they'd get these benefits, but they'd have to provide, you know, Jeffrey Epstein with these sexual services in return. Maxwell walked into court looking relaxed, having spent Christmas, also her 60th birthday, in prison. She wore a light brown turtleneck sweater and a black mask and hugged her lawyers one by one as her sister, Isabel, sat in the public gallery. Maxwell's lawyer, Jeff Pagliuccia, told Maxwell, Happy birthday and happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, huh? Happy birthday? Well, how about, and a happy new year to you in jail? How about one of those? Because I'll tell you what, I don't see how Maxwell's getting out of prison here. I don't see how she's not going to get convicted, folks. I mean, look, I know it's you know, tenuous right now, right? Not knowing what the jury's doing, what they're up to, what they're thinking. Definitely has everybody on edge, me included. But I think that there's enough here. I think there was enough provided that the jury is at the very least going to come back with convictions on the more the most serious of charges at the very least. Now, that's my guess, right? But... When you're dealing with the American justice system, especially when one of our so-called elite is involved, all bets are off, and you never know what sort of tomfuckery is going to occur. Her lawyer, Bobby Sternum, requested that Maxwell be allowed to wear a K95 mask at all times, and not just in court. Maxwell had a different mask on in her holding cell. Judge Nathan said anyone entering the courthouse had to wear a KN95 or an N95 in the courthouse as per a ruling that took effect on Monday and required all visitors to wear such masks due to the rise in coronavirus cases. Well, if everyone has to wear the N95, then what was the point in wearing the cloth masks in the first place? I guess that's a conversation for another time, so I won't digress, but I mean... In the words of Michael Irvin, Come on, man! The jury of six men and six women ended their first week of deliberations Wednesday without reaching a verdict, 
forcing the British socialite, co-conspirator, general all-around scuzzbag and bipedal serpent, to spend Christmas behind bars. Maxwell, who is facing 80 years in prison if convicted, has been in custody at the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, which she's described as a hellhole since her arrest in July of 2020. Look, I can't, I can't even disagree. All of those lockups are hellholes. They're all shitbird establishments. They're all run by absolute morons. But with that said, Ghislaine Maxwell made her bed, and she's certainly going to have to lie in it. If it was you, or me, or your cousin Joe... We'd be rotting away in prison right now, and nobody would be hearing any of our nonsense. Nobody would be hearing about how we're being treated like Nelson Mandela or Hannibal Lecter. Nobody would care. Nobody would listen. None of it. So why should we care now that it's Glenn Maxwell's turn? Why should we care that one of our modern-day robber barons is finally feeling the burn? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jurors began weighing her fate on Monday last week after hearing closing arguments in the three-week trial and deliberated for two full days before going home for the holidays. On Wednesday, the jury sent one note requesting three transcripts but failed to come to a decision. Maxwell has maintained her innocence and her lawyers have bashed her accusers of having false memory and being motivated by money. In legal filings earlier this year, Maxwell claimed her treatment in prison is so bad it would be fit for Hannibal Lecter. I, again, with the Hannibal Lecter stuff, it's just so ridiculous. So ridiculous that of all the people that have been incarcerated unjustly, all the people who have actually been wronged throughout time in the American prison system and elsewhere, you bring up a fictional character in Hannibal Lecter. So that's what $2,000 an hour buys you, huh? But they are not appropriate for a 59-year-old woman who poses no threat to anyone, Maxwell's lawyers claimed. At one point, Maxwell barricaded herself in the video conference room in prison with a card of legal documents, prosecutors claimed, and was deemed a security threat by blocking the door and preventing guards from accessing the room. Near the end of Wednesday, the jury asked for another copy of a transcript from the accuser known as Jane's testimony. They also asked for the testimony of Kate, another accuser, and Epstein's former Palm Beach house manager, Juan Alessi. Given the option to deliberate on Thursday, the jury said no, because they had made other plans. They said in a note, Maxwell, 60, denies six counts of recruiting and transporting underage girls for her former boyfriend, Jeffrey Epstein. Let's not let them get away with that nonsense. Former co-conspirator, former partner. 
former boss, former co- yeah, co-boss, I should say. You mean, not farmer partner. That's ridiculous, Deb. Her uh, former boyfriend? Ridiculous. On Tuesday, the second day of deliberation, the jurors appeared to be zeroing in on two accusers. They deliberated for the whole day Tuesday and sent four notes to the judge, including one which related to Annie Farmer, the only accuser publicly identified in court. They wanted to know if they could use her testimony for two counts of conspiracy to entice and transport an underage girl to engage in sex acts. Now, this is where I think Maxwell's going to get absolutely hammered, folks. I think she's going to get nailed for these charges for sure. The transportation charges, there's no way to deny this. She was on the plane with these girls. These girls left one state, went to the other state. I honestly have no idea how the defense thinks they're going to get off on those charges. Judge Nathan said she would tell them they could. Earlier, the jury asked to see notes of an FBI interview that Carolyn gave in 2007, the first time she spoke to law enforcement about being being abused by Epstein. Judge Nathan said that it had not been entered into evidence, so they couldn't see it. However, the jury could refer to its mention in Carolyn's cross-examination by the defense. At 10.10 a.m., after just over an hour of deliberating on Tuesday, the jury sent its first note. Judge Nathan said the jury were asking for the transcripts of testimony from Jane, Annie, and Carolyn, but did not mention Kate. Kate is the only accuser whose claims should not be considered crimes as charged in the indictment. Again, I know we talked about this a little bit last night, but why are you even bringing Kate up here and putting her through this if her her charge uh, her uh, accusations aren't even in the charging indictment? Now, if that's the case, and you're going to be bringing people up to give their testimony about what happened to them under Epstein, even though it's not being charged. Well, where's Virginia? Where's uh, Maria? Where are some of the other survivors? The jury were not brought out, and Judge Nathan said she would give them the transcripts in the deliberation room. Maxwell walked into court wearing a black turtleneck sweatpants and black pants while folding a green folder. She hugged her lawyers and waved at him in the public gallery. Maxwell's defense delivered closing arguments Monday afternoon, telling the jury that she is an innocent woman wrongfully accused of crime she did not commit. In her closing remarks, Maxwell's lawyer, Laura Menninger, said, the government has failed to prove any charge beyond a reasonable doubt, and the only correct verdict in this case is not guilty on each count. Uh, what? The only correct verdict in this case is guilty on all counts. Guilty on all counts not even charged. Guilty, guilty, guilty. That's the proper verdict. The the defense again attempted to discredit the accounts of the four accusers. As Menninger stated, the evidence has established what we told you it would, that the stories relied relied on by the government are erroneous memories, manipulation, and money. But in this case, the order is reversed. The money brought the accusations to the FBI, where their personal injury lawyers sat right there. So again, it's all about the money, right? Remember that, folks. Remember how they tried to frame this. Remember how they tried to set the girls as money-grubbing prostitutes, basically, is what they're trying to call them. And we all know the reality is that these were just young girls when they first met Maxwell and Epstein. We all know the reality is Maxwell and Epstein's behavior towards them set them on this course. 
As for how Maxwell was betrayed, Menninger said that she had been made to look like Cruella DeVille and the Devil Wears Prada all wrapped up into one. I mean, again, with the, the fictitious character references. Menninger said the lawyers manipulated their stories and the government accepted their stories without even corroborating them. Menninger said that suddenly the accusers recovered memories years later. She said the recovered memories that Ghislaine was involved, that Ghislaine was there, and that Ghislaine was the culprit. Menninger said that the prosecution spent a lot of time talking about Epstein's lifestyle, about his wealth and property and his private planes, just like a sensationalist tabloid would. Well, all of that stuff has to be discussed, right? It's all part of it. It's all pertinent. And it all plays into what Epstein was up to. If you're going to set the table, you gotta make sure you have the plates. Menninger said that Epstein was a master manipulator who abused his money and his power. So did your client. She said, we are not here to defend Jeffrey Epstein. He is not my client. But she added, Glenn Maxwell is not Jeffrey Epstein. No, she's his underboss. She was his right hand. She was the person who was putting things into motion. That's who Ghislaine Maxwell was. The idea was that Ghislaine was there, she must have known. Menninger criticized prosecutors for showing the jury dozens of photos out of 38,000 seized from Epstein's New York home in 2019. She said, where are the other 31,960 photos? Who was in those photos? Was it other girlfriends? Other women? Nor should the jury draw any inference from Epstein keeping photos of Maxwell. Menninger asked the jury that if an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend had photos of them, would that make them... Menninger condemned the use of such images as straight-up sensationalism. When in reality, we know that they set the table. When in reality, we know that it paints a picture. And the whole, well, if you had pictures of your partner, would that make you a sex offender? Well, no, but if there were literally dozens of girls coming forward making those accusations, they'd have to be taken seriously, no? So here we are, folks, waiting on the jury once again, after 24 hours and 40 minutes of deliberation, still no verdict. So, we'll be here for it, hanging out, watching the news, and waiting for that verdict to be out. So until then, folks, I hope you all have a great morning. I'll be back later on, obviously, with the uh, evening update. Also, context episodes coming your way. And if there is something that uh, happens as far as the verdict or whatever a little bit earlier, we'll hop on and we'll get started then. All right, folks, I hope you all have a great day, and I will be back later on. If you'd like to contact me, you can do that at bobbycapucci at protonmail.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y. C-A-P-U-C-C-I at ProtonMail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at B-O-B-B-Y underscore C-A-P-U-C-C-I. The link that we discussed is in the description box.